I think that as educators, we are so stuck in what we should do or how we should do something. Whereas we don't realize that being creative is really teaching. Hello, everyone. My name is Dr. Cindy Burnett. And my name is Dr. Matthew Wurwood. This is the Fueling Creativity in Education podcast. On this show, we'll be talking about creativity topics and how they apply to the field of education. We'll be speaking with scholars, educators, and resident experts about their work, challenges they face, and digging deeper into new and varying perspectives of creativity. All with the goal to help fuel the more rich and informed discussion that provides teachers and parents with knowledge they can use at home or in the classroom. So let's begin. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Fueling Creativity in Education podcast. And on this episode, we welcome Lisa Saunders onto the show. Lisa is a fourth grade teacher at Longmeadow Elementary School in Southbury, Connecticut. Now, prior to teaching, Lisa worked in sports marketing, but before that, she was a highly successful athlete at Western New England University, where she played D3 basketball for four years. Now, during her time playing basketball, she scored more than 1,000 points and had almost 1,000 rebounds, making her MVP and getting her ranked at d3hoops.com. And in 2019, she was inducted into the Western New England University Hall of Fame. She obtained her master's from Sacred Heart University and more recently received her Educational Administration and Supervision Sixth Year Certificate from the University of Bridgeport. Most importantly, and why we invited Lisa onto the podcast, she is one of Connecticut's first teacher innovation champions who successfully participated in the first cohort of Teacher Innovation Studio at Workspace Connecticut. Lisa, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here and share what we did at a Teacher Innovation Studio. So Lisa, speaking of which, you attended a program facilitated by Matt called Teacher Innovation Studio. Can you tell us a little bit about that program and how it changed your thinking as an educator? The program um, <clears throat> to start was a week long in the summer. And as an educator and a teacher, we really value our summers. So I looked at the program and said, well, I don't know if I want to go do this. Um, but once I got there and met the cohort and got to work with Matt, it was so inspiring. So we spent a week long working on our problems that we saw in the classroom and problem statements and what our project was going to be to fix it. From there, we took our project and brought it into the classroom and started to implement it day by day, little by little. And we would meet with the teacher innovation cohort once a month or so um, with Matt and just discuss our project and how it's going and how to continue to bring creativity into our classroom. So what was your challenge? Oh, my problem statement was, how can I help students regulate their emotions to be prepared for learning throughout the school day by using clickers and a choice board? Ooh, what are clickers? Clickers is a really cool technology that Matt introduced us to and that week-long um, work that we did over the summer. And it's a type of technology where you can scan students' responses and get immediate feedback on your phone. So you put up like a choice, or you put up a question, and then the students answer true, false, or A, B, C, D. And then you go around the room and it takes about 10 seconds to scan their answers. And you immediately get feedback with what their answers are. So you could use it as exit tickets. You could use it um, as choices. Uh, you could use it as how they were feeling, which is what I did in my project. And the other thing that's really cool, I think, with with Plickers, and I'm sure your your um, 
your grooming lease is it's the fact you've got this kind of physical card to which you hold up i think having actually something tangible for for young kids in particular makes it all the more better than perhaps using something like cahoots for example which does a similar thing but to your point it's something that you can integrate a lot more easily or in the day you're not using other technology and you've just got this card but the students have to stick with the same card throughout the day correct Correct. So my students have an assigned number in the classroom and they have an assigned card. So student eight has number eight card. They also, the incredible thing about Plickers is that you have data and I'm a data junkie. So I can go back to my computer, open up the website and I have immediate data from the week, the month, the day, and I can filter all the data by student. I can filter the data by class. Um, If you're teaching the high school, you can have different classes for your cards but still using the same set of cards. So Plickers really opened up um, and expanded my thinking about how to use technology in the classroom and how to get immediate feedback um, from students. It's it's quick. It's on your phone. It's on the website. And you know within 10 seconds, you know, how a student's answering a question or how, you know, so to speak, they're feeling in the classroom. And to stick with the technology piece for a moment, I think that more and more educational tools do provide that back end where you have access to data. And of course, there's different levels of data to which you can access. So I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about how that data influenced some of the decisions that you took during this this creative process that you went on. So for my project, I had students um, use the ruler mood meter and they would scan their card based on how they were feeling in the red, the green, the yellow or the blue. And if students had put themselves in the red, I was able to get that feedback and go talk to them immediately. So after recess was a lot of reds and I was able to check in with students right away to say, hey, what's going on? Do you want to talk about it? Are you doing okay? Did something happen? Um, the using the plickers and the technology allowed me to interact with my students in a different way where they if they had an issue that they were feeling in the red, they didn't have to come up to me and say, you know, Mrs. Saunders, I'm struggling right now. They could show me their plicker card and show me that they're in the red and I can have a private, quiet conversation with them and we could talk about it. Or they could say, you know what, Mrs. Saunders, I'm in the red. I need five minutes. And I'd say, okay. Go for it. Go take your five minutes and uh, come back and be ready to learn. You know, Matt talks a lot about teacher creativity, and I know that was a big component of the Teacher Innovation Studio. Can you tell me a little bit about how you were taught creativity in the program? And were you familiar with any of these techniques? You know, funny that you asked that because when I read the description on Teacher Innovation Studio and using creativity and design thinking in the classroom, I thought, I'm not creative. I am not a creative human. And I remember that first day, I have a very vivid memory sitting there listening to Matt talk about creativity. And I kind of was thinking to myself, you're not creative. You are not in the arts. You don't draw. You don't create anything. You know, you're not a sewing. You're not, you know, making anything. Um, but then Matt made a a good point about how even being an athlete is creative. And I was thinking a lot about that given my background and I was like, you know what, you're right. So the, the teacher innovation studio switched and flipped my thinking on creativity in the classroom and really changed how I felt about being creative. Um, you know, I always thought that just being creative was, oh, our students are going to do uh, 
picture. They're going to draw today instead of writing notes. Or they're going to um, write a poem instead of writing an essay. And yes, that is creativity. But really, as educators, we are using creativity every day to solve even the smallest problems in our classroom. For example, what happened today is that one of the legs fell off the table in my classroom. Like legit just fell off the table. And I'm like, I need to think of a solution right now. And I got to figure this out because I have 20 students looking at me like, uh, what's next? So you don't realize that you're being creative in that moment, but you are. Um, and I think that was my biggest takeaway from this program was flipping the script on my thinking about creativity and how I view it. Now I see that everything I do is creative. Every time I step into my classroom, I am creatively solving a problem. No matter how big or small it is, that problem is being solved using creativity. I love those examples. And I agree with you. And when I work with educators, I always say to them, you wouldn't survive as an educator if you weren't creative because you're constantly coming up with new ideas and new solutions for all the challenges you're faced on a daily basis. And even as veteran teachers who have been out there for, you know, we were talking about veteran teachers being out there for 40 years, there's still problems that arise inside the classroom. And that's why it's so important to learn about creativity and, and to change it and flip it on its head. I love that. Yeah. It, it was eye-opening for sure. Um, going through this creative process and kind of being a kid again. So that week-long residency, you had to be a kid again. And, you know, Matt was asking us to do things where you're like, what? Why? And then he would connect it back. And you're like, ah, I see it now. I get it now. I get why you wanted us to draw that from someone else's viewpoint. Or I get why you had us create these little wooden people to represent these students in your box. And, you know, creativity, they always say, well, think outside the box. But really, in this uh, residency, we were thinking inside the box, but using solutions that were maybe coming from outside the box. So I don't know if I can really even use that phrase anymore about like, think outside the box, because I have such a different understanding and viewpoint of being that being creative and following the creative process and being like inside the box and outside the box at the same time. So now you have a better understanding of creativity and this and this concept in some ways of, of creativity being about helping you solve problems that exist inside your box. So what are some of the challenges when it comes to including creativity on a daily basis? I think the biggest problem with including creativity to solve problems in our daily basis is that we don't think we are being creative. I think that as educators, we are so stuck in what we should do or how we should do something. Whereas we don't realize that being creative is really teaching. You know, you are a creator as a teacher. You are manipulating minds to learn new things in different ways. You know, you don't just stand up there and, you know, lecture all day. You really put on like a a dance, so to speak, um, to get the students to learn and think differently. Um, So, Bringing creativity into the classroom, I thought was really hard, but it's not. It's it's pretty simple when you think about it. It's it's just solving problems that you're already trying to figure out. And it's just putting a different label on it. You know, instead of thinking that creativity is the arts or going to art class or going to music, create being creative in the classroom is what we do. So Lisa, you referenced the fact you were part of a cohort. I was obviously there and facilitating it. I can't hide that on on this episode. Um, 
to me, though, the the energy and excitement within the cohort and the opportunity for you to, as you referenced in the fall, coming back and, and sh- showcasing your progress, getting feedback was such an important part of the process. And recently, Cindy and I have kind of gone back through, you know, 65 plus of interviews and looked at all of the tips that we've got from those interviews, which is now 200 plus tips. And we've identified almost like our top 10 super tips. And one of them is talking more about creativity, particularly talking about creativity um, with your colleagues. So I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about what you got from working with such an amazing cohort of teachers who were just as equally passionate as you, but at the same time, kind of navigating all of this for the first time. I think that's it, is that we were all navigating it for the first time and we had no expectations. Um, Or at least I didn't have any expectations of what was going to happen. And when you paused for a minute to think about the work that you're doing with the people in your cohort, it's pretty remarkable that the six of us or five of us, six of us came together from different schools, different levels of education, teaching different grade levels, and worked together to help each other. And I think that's what, you know, being an educator is all about. As in education, we, our ultimate goal is for children to learn and to succeed. And so when you keep that ultimate goal in mind and you come together, you know, with a group that of people that you've never met before, you're able to see the different dimensions of their problems or their problem statement in their box and try to come up with a solution that they may not have thought of before. You know, when you are teaching for so long um, or you're teaching the same grade level for a long time, you kind of get stuck in a rut where you are thinking about what you need to do next, what that's less, what the lesson is. Oh yeah, I remember this from last year. But coming together in the cohort allowed you to look at what you're doing on a daily basis in a different way and sharing those perspectives and maybe something you didn't think about was super important and being open to the ideas and being open to what um, the others had to say. And, hey, did you think about doing it this way? Or I thought maybe I could do something like this. What do you think? So it almost was like a safe place to be and to share and to try something new. We encourage our students to try something new every day, right? But as educators, are we trying something new every day? Are we really trying something different every day? I don't know. And that's where like this process forced us to try something new in a different way that we've never done before. So obviously you're modeling creativity as well in your classroom. As you're describing all of these things, all I can think of is another tip that came up in our our 10 super tips about modeling for creativity. And I'm wondering how you're actually transferring the information that you've learned about being better problem solvers to your students. Have you been able to do that yet? Is that something that's on the plan? You know, as teachers, we are modeling behavior all the time. Um, And I learned way back early in my career that my students will take on whatever I take on. So if I am grumpy, new students are going to be grumpy. And if I am, you know, happy or excited, they're going to feel that energy too. So my problem statement was to help students regulate their emotions in order to be prepared for learning throughout the school day. We know from research is that if students are emotionally unavailable to learn, they can't learn. 
So that's one of the reasons why I chose this problem statement. And what I would model myself when I was feeling in the red, I would say, oh boy, I'm in the red right now. I need to take a breath or walk outside my classroom and just feel something around me or kind of just regroup with myself. So I was trying, you know, throughout this this program, I was trying to model how to problem solve being ready to learn, but also being ready to teach. Like I said earlier, you know, the students take on your emotions and your feelings. And if I'm feeling like frustrated or angry or, you know, in the red, my students are going to take that on. And even though they might be able to learn, they can't because I'm not in the right, the zone, right? So I would model how I'm feeling. And I'd be very open and vulnerable with them. And I think that's one of the biggest things in education that's really important to students is connecting with them. You know, they want to know about you. They want to know about your life. They want to know what you're doing. You know, the younger kids think you're sleeping under your desk. (laughs) And the older kids, like, want to know what's going on and uh, who you are. So being able to model that with them, you know, having, I have a five-year-old and a one-year-old and yeah, sometimes at night we get in the red. And so it's like talking about those experiences too, that I'm not only problem solving, I'm not only wanting them to problem solve their emotions, but I also want to problem solve my own emotions and what I walk into the classroom with. Educators have a tough job for so many reasons, but one of those is that we are on, so to speak, all day. And that's why, you know, social emotional learning is so important to me because we have to model being emotionally ready and emotionally available to learn and to teach. And having that as my problem statement was really powerful because I had to check myself on a daily basis. And knowing that we're all human, I'm not always in the green. I'm not always in the yellow. Sometimes I'm tired. Sometimes I'm in the blue. Sometimes I'm in the red. And so, like, getting back to your question about modeling problem solving in this situation for me, it was being open with the students on how I was feeling and what I was going to do to either stay somewhere in a certain zone or get myself to the regulated to be in the right zone. And Cindy, that's such a timely topic for this season because the second part of season six has opened up with our double expresso with Zerona, who spoke a lot about the relationship between emotion and creativity and something I've been reflecting on is that sometimes you're just not in the right emotional state to engage in a divergent thinking session where you're generating lots and lots of ideas but perhaps you're in a mindset where you can evaluate ideas and maybe converge to connect this back to your project maybe that's when you're looking at your data and trying to do something with the data to work out how this data can inform the decision as opposed to you jumping up in front of the class today and doing something fun and different with plickers. You may not be in that emotional state to go and try something new on that day. And I wonder, what would your creative process look like if you're in the red? Like if you are feeling angry or if you're feeling upset or hurt or defeated, what is your creative process looking like at that time? You know, it's also about energy levels. So if you have a low energy, how does that affect your ability to be creative and to go through the process of solving problems and to guide your students through that same process? I think one of the biggest things we have to do is really check in with ourselves and and say, 
I can't do this right now. And so I need to figure out what can I do? Do I need five minutes? Like I need five minutes. And and being an educator, you have to be aware of that. You're going to get more bang for your buck if you take those five minutes and pause and then come back to what you need to teach. There, uh, And part of my project was a choice board. So students had um, a choice board full of different technologies that they could go into, like this is sand or um, Storyline Online or Epic Books or like a blob maker that I found. And they could take five minutes to get themselves ready to learn. And I found the most important time to do this was after lunch and recess when they would come back in with all the recess drama. And they would say, okay, I am feeling in the green. I'm going to stay in the green because I'm going to go do this as sand. Or I am feeling blue. I need some energy. I'm going to go listen to some music. So taking that five minutes after lunch and recess is, is a game changer. We as educators are so tight on time. There's never enough time. There's always these demands and there's never enough time. And as an educator, I really grappled with, do I take five minutes out of my day to do this? And the answer is yes. Absolutely yes. Because not only does that five minutes give me time to um, get myself ready to teach, but also gives my students five minutes to get themselves ready to learn. And I can look at my clickers. Um, I can look at their responses and I could say, okay, so-and-so is in the red. Let me check in with them. I had a student once after lunch and recess put themselves in the red. And I said, hey, are you all right? And the student goes, ugh. Mrs. Saunders, kickball, kickball. I said, okay, do you want to talk about it? He's like, no, I'm getting there. I'm almost back where I need to be. I'm getting there. So for me, having that student, like talking with that student, like I'll never forget that because he was able to identify how he was feeling, identify why he was feeling that way and knew what he needed to do to get ready to learn. Um, And having those little conversations with the students saying, yeah, I'm good. I'm going to go on the choice board or nope, I'm not good. I got to talk about this. Um, Really helped me build my connections and my relationships with my students. Lisa, it's it's almost time for us to wrap up. And before I ask you our final question, I'm going to ask Matt a question. Matt, what's going on with the Teachers Innovation Studio next? Are you doing another cohort this summer? We are. We are doing another cohort. And, and thanks for asking that, Cindy. So we can post a link to um, information about Teacher Innovation Studio, which which is a Connecticut-based program, but there's also probably opportunities to expand it to other districts if there was an interest. Um, and we can, we can put a link in the uh, description on where people can go for further information. Fantastic. Thanks so much for sharing your experiences with the Teachers Innovation Studio. I know Matt's been pretty quiet about it, but I knew there were some great things happening. And I love hearing how it happened inside of the classroom and the action that you took to to bring this into your classroom and to try something new. So kudos to you, Lisa. Thank you. So we finish every episode with three tips that you would give to educators to help them bring creativity into the classroom. What are your three tips? Okay, my three tips. My first tip is to just go for it. You have to just try it. Try something new. And if it fails, that's okay because being part of this creative process was failure. Not everything's going to work. It's okay to fail. And I think as educators, we can be uncomfortable with failing because failure can look bad or look um, like we're not doing our job the way we should be. But when reality, failure is good. 
And as educators, we have a fear of failure because we're going to look bad. We don't want to look bad. We want our students to succeed. We want our data to be top notch. We want to be like the gold star. But you have to fail. If you don't fail, you're never going to be creative. That that failure is what I think of an arrow. It's like what pulls you back and shoots you forward in another direction. And it helps your creative process and your problem solving. Uh, my second tip on being creative in the classroom is knowing that you are creative. Educators are creative. We are creative human beings. I was so stuck in thinking that I'm not creative. I'm an athlete. That's what I do. I don't play an instrument. I don't draw. I don't knit. I don't do any of that. But it, we as educators, we have to know that the moment we step in foot, the moment we step foot inside our classroom, and we need to solve a problem, we are being creative. All right. So my third tip is to trust yourself. To really trust yourself you are doing a great job. We too often get hung up on the negativity and the things that we're not doing. And I think as educators, and especially including creativity, we have to focus on the things we are doing because we are doing so many incredible things in the classroom on a daily basis. I always say like, I'm going to put a GoPro on me and I'm, I want someone to watch it. And they're going to be like, what? It's incredible saying what you're doing all day. And I just want my third tip for educators is to remember that they're doing a lot of great things. We are doing so many incredible things on a daily basis and focus on the good. Just focus on the good every day. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to go away actually now thinking of a film where you slap a GoPro on a few teachers and then you bring them back to have them kind of recall the day and what they were doing in those moments. I think that would be a very fascinating film of, of following the moments of a teacher. I think it's I think it's pretty uh, interesting and I think it'd be a great reality show um, to see what we do all day, especially in elementary. You can't make this up. Like you can't make up the fact that a leg fell off the table in the middle of a lesson that I was teaching today. You can't, that just doesn't get made up. And the things that are said, you look at your co- your colleagues and you're just like, did, did that just happen? Did that just happen? So it it's crazy. It's great. So that concludes another episode of the Fueling Creativity in Education podcast. And as a reminder, if interested in connecting with Cindy or myself about anything related to creativity in education, you can email us at questions at fuelingcreativitypodcast.com. And if there's something that Lisa has shared on this show and you think that it's super duper cool and you want to share it with your colleagues, please grab the link to this show and send it to them via email. My name is Dr. Matthew Wellwood. And my name is Dr. Cindy Burnett. This episode was produced by Creativity and Education in partnership with WarwoodClassroom.com.